On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, a few extra thoughts from last week's storm of Model 3 info, your reactions to all the new information, details on the just-released 8.1 software update, even more indications that Model 3 isn't getting a heads-up display, and more. Uh, what's happening, friends? Welcome to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Unofficial Podcast, episode 87 for April 2nd, 2017. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, trying to fight through some allergies, uh, which is also which has caused apparently some insomnia. So I've been dealing with that, having difficulty sleeping, uh, which I've never de- dealt with before. And that's, boy, that throws your life out of whack. So uh, hoping to shake it off here pretty soon. But in any case, uh, the show goes on. And there is uh, not the not the most uh, insane news week this week, but we've still got plenty to talk about. Really, still dealing with the after effects of last week's news, with everything Elon talked about on Twitter with Model Three. And in fact, that's where I wanted to start. I had a couple of follow up thoughts from last week that I didn't uh, formulate in time for last week's show. I just as I thought more about things, just a couple of things I wanted to add from everything Elon said last week. And the first thing that I don't, I haven't seen anybody talking about this online, but I'll tell you, I would be willing to bet an In-N-Out Burger lunch, California specialty here. uh, I'm thinking now matte paint is, which of course we saw in one of the prototypes, one of the drivable prototypes. I, I don't see any way matte paint is available on day one. Not if they're keeping things super simple for early production, which of course that's why there's no all-wheel drive at launch, that's why there's no performance model at launch. So I, for those of you, and again, this is just something maybe you've already thought about this, but and maybe I'm just late to the party. But if you've got your eye on matte paint, uh, I think you might be waiting. I I just can't see how that would fit in. I mean, you know, it's a it's a whole different thing. Uh, I can't imagine that they're gonna have the paint shop set up for that right at the get-go if they're trying to maximize production efficiency. So uh, one more thing to bear in mind if you uh, are holding out for, if you're thinking, well, I don't, I don't want all-wheel drive or performance, but uh, man, I can't wait for that matte paint Model 3. You might want to pre- mentally prepare yourself for it to not be available on day one. And then the other thing I, I was thinking about too that I wanted to just throw out there uh, Model Y, you know, Model Y has been teased lightly here and there. It's been mentioned. Uh, in fact, it was mentioned last week as part of Elon's tweet storm. And Elon, I don't know, over a year ago, well, maybe not a, somewhat between almost a year ago, he uh, had mentioned at one point on Twitter that the Model Y would have Falcon wing doors. And now he said that before the X had really rolled out. And I think, you know, and I've mentioned this on the show before, but again, in light of Elon's comments about production efficiency and the fact that uh, Elon has taken most of Tesla's engineers and had them focus on making the machine that makes the machine, the alien dreadnought, the factory itself, that he believes the factory itself is the most vital part 
of what they do, I just can't see the Model Y having Falcon wing doors. I think those plans have changed. Uh, Of course, bookmark this episode. We'll see how right or wrong I end up being. But uh, if, if the whole, you know, Elon has really, over the past year, well, basically ever since the reservations went through the roof and shocked him, he said he was so surprised at how, at the response to Model 3, uh, his whole pivot and focus towards efficiency and ramping up production, uh, I just don't see a complicated thing like the Falcon Wing Doors being implemented into a vehicle in the form of the Model Y that intends to have an annual production rate of half a million to a million cars. Now, I know you could say, well, you know, the there's the, the problems with the X doors and the, the weird, the oddities and the concerns have, have gotten a lot better, that things have gotten a lot better, and that's true. But again, for the sake of manufacturing efficiency and the volumes that Tesla's talking about and Elon's emphasis on, on that uh, efficiency, I just can't see them doing, uh, adding something, and I don't want to say unnecessarily complicated because the, the Falcon wing doors, you know, again, as a former DeLorean owner here, I can tell you there are benefits to those doors, but I, I have gone now, I think that they're not going to happen on the model Y. So, uh, mark me down as my, uh, my official prediction there in a, in a year or so, or however long it takes for them to reveal the car. We'll see how right or wrong I am. All right, uh, lots to talk about this week. I actually wanted to kick off here and get a phone call early on from the Ride the Lightning Hotline. We've got a lot of calls coming up today, uh, and I wanted to start with a uh, fellow Ryan. Hello, always good to hear from fellow Ryans. Ryan in Denver, who has a heads-up display on his Mazda now, and uh, he wanted to chime in. Of course, again, HUD being a continued hot topic. Elon really seeming to downplay uh, any chance of a HUD last week. And here's Ryan from Denver explaining why he thinks it's going to be okay. It's going to be totally fine, and it's going to work. It's not going to be a problem if the Model 3 doesn't have one. So, Ryan, take it away. Hey, Ryan. It's Ryan from Denver. First, let me apologize if my voice sounds a little rough. I'm currently fighting a cold. Anyway, now that Elon has all but said that there will be no HUD in the Model 3, I have seen a lot of consternation on the internet and a lot of people saying that they would cancel their reservations, so I wanted to try and put a positive spin on the news. First, so you understand my perspective, I'll say that I currently drive a car that has a HUD, a 2014 Mazda 3. This setup is not like a traditional heads-up display that projects onto the windshield. Instead, there's a little clear plastic rectangle that flips up from the dashboard above the instrument cluster, which serves as a reflector. You can find pictures of this setup on the internet, but the main point I wanted to make is that my HUD is positioned approximately even with the bottom edge of my windshield. The main benefit of this system is to put key information, such as your speed, closer to your line of sight, which in turn improves your situational awareness. I personally find this very effective, and when I drive cars that don't have it, I forget to check the speedometer and accidentally start speeding. Now, the Mazda 3 won't have a HUD or an instrument cluster, but will instead have a single horizontal screen mounted in the center of the car. It's difficult to judge without sitting in the vehicle, but it looks to me like the screen's top edge is just about level with the bottom edge of the windshield. This means the speed readout will be at about the same height as my current HUD. I suspect that even though you will have to look slightly to the side to see it, 
the height of the display will have a similar positive effect on driver's situational awareness to my Mazda HUD. I suggest to anyone considering canceling their reservation to go drive the car and see for yourself whether this is true. Anyway, thanks for the show. Keep up the good work. Ryan, thank you for the call. It is great to hear from someone who has experience living with a car that has a HUD in it. So uh, appreciate the call. And, you know, you make a really good point, Ryan, about the position of the Model 3's 15-inch landscape screen. There's a photo that's been going around. If you Google image Model 3 interior, I'll bet it comes right up. And it's a it's a picture that's been going around since last year. It's, it's uh, one of the few photos of the car, uh, particularly the interior of the car, in daylight. And it's taken from the back seat of the car, and it's looking over the driver's right shoulder. And the picture, literally and figuratively, lines up uh, the, with, the, with the bottom edge of the windshield, roughly. So, in other words, from, from what it appears, because, you know, it's tough for me to remember. That was such a whirlwind night. Uh, I did film it, and I, you know, but it was dark, and it's, you know, you got 10,000 sensations going at once in this moment. But if you look at that picture, just this, this daytime still picture that gives you a good, clean look at it, uh, it doesn't seem like you're going to be looking, you're going to have to avert your glance very far in order to see that upper left corner of the Model 3's 15-inch landscape screen, which is where your speedometer is going to be located. So uh, I, it does seem like it might not be too big of a deal as, as some folks are, uh, are worried that it will be. And, and, and in fact, after all, Elon this week said, I'll talk about this in a second, he said, you won't care. So in fact, I'll go right to that because it was this is this is uh, Elon throwing more dirt on the on the grave of a heads up display in the Model Three. He was asked on Twitter this week. This was really his only Tesla related interaction for the most part. He was asked, "Can we please have a central speedometer in the three for those of us who don't want autopilot?" And I, I'm pretty sure that that person, and I think Elon took it this way too, was referring to an instrument cluster. Uh, not, not a, you know, because, because of course the, the landscape screen is in the center of the car. But, uh, so he, that was the question. Elon replies, no. <laughs> and then another reply, I'd, st- a guy says, I'd still rather spend the extra $50 on a simple two inch LCD speedo. If nothing else, I strongly prefer it in the middle. Again, referring to in the middle of the steering wheel, the instrument cluster, and Elon replies and says, you won't care. Just very matter of fact about it. I, I wonder if, I, it almost struck me that Elon might be starting to get annoyed about the whole HUD thing. Because uh, another follow-up, Elon was asked, does that mean it will have a HUD? Question mark, smiley face. And Elon replied again, simply, no. So that about wraps it up for the heads-up display on the Model 3, at least at launch. Again, he, he has said, we talked about this last week, but Elon said that uh, the Model 3 would not get all of its bells and whistles at once, that they would add features over time the way they've done with the Model S rather than the, what they did with the X, which is, of course, jamming all the stuff, all the cool gizmos and gadgets in there simultaneously, which caused a very problematic rollout for the car. So maybe we will get some sort of super cool heads-up display down the road, but 
it seems like it's all but confirmed that it is not happening at launch. Uh, Before I get to the next news story, I want to take another call. It's from Aaron in Connecticut, who wanted to talk about the Model 3 battery. Of course, last week we learned that the 75-kilowatt-hour battery pack would be the largest that the Model 3 could physically hold, at least out of the gate. And uh, Aaron here uh, has a theory on what the battery options are going to be. So, Aaron, take it away. Thanks, Ryan. Aaron from Connecticut here. I want to talk about the battery for the Model 3. Uh, We've seen now that uh, it's going to max out at 75 kilowatts. I believe there's only going to be two options. I think it's going to be a 60 kilowatt hour to match the bolt and to exceed the bolt's range in every case. And then, of course, the 75, which is the max. And that might go right at 300 miles. If you do the ratio, it'll bring you um, to about 297.5 miles. Um, comparing the 60 kilowatt hour, 238 mile range, the bolt gets now. If you extrapolate that out to 75 kilowatt hours, that'd be you know just under 300. But of course, we do expect that the Model 3 will be more aerodynamic, um, lower coefficient of drag, and should get a little bit more range out of that 60 kilowatt hours and 75 kilowatt hours. So I'll bet we hit 250 miles with the 60 kilowatt hour and um, over 300 miles with the 75 kilowatt hour. Let me know what you think. I love this show. I cannot tell you how much. Thanks for everything you're doing. I look forward to hearing you on Sunday. Well, Aaron, I think you're a bit optimistic, but I like your optimism. I really, really do. Tesla has already suggested in the past, I think it might have been J.B. Straubel, that the base battery would be less than 60 kilowatt hours, which is why most people have been speculating that it'll be a 50 or a 55 kilowatt hour battery pack. Now, you are correct that the uh, significantly better drag coefficient of the Model 3 uh, compared to the Bolt will help it get a better overall EPA-rated range. Uh, Certainly in its, at least if, if the two, if it has the same size battery pack in it, which again remains to be seen, the, the, I think the bolt is like what, what I think you might have even said it on your call 0.3 I think and the uh Model 3 is 0.21 but uh I thought about this after after last week's show and you know talking about battery packs and the now the 75 kilowatt being the big pack and range and I touched on this last time but I thought more about it and I'm I'm changing my prediction on another thing too I no longer believe that the top-end Model 3 is going to get 300 miles of EPA-rated range uh, in any, you know, in a in the 75D configuration. I don't think it's quite going to happen, at least not for a while. Uh, and maybe, you know, like I said, not on the 75 pack at all. Might be till might not be till they go to a bigger one. I know that many shows back, I recall floating uh, sort of a, a very optimistic power of three theory you know it's uh our our western society has this uh strange fascination with with the number three you know there's sort of uh there's like the the christian religious ties to it and it's you know the the, three you know the phrases like good things come in threes and all this three is is a is always been such a significant number that i kind of thought well maybe by that very seeming form of of human nature that the model model three 
would ha- would get zero would go zero to sixty in three seconds in in the max out ludicrous mode, and uh, have a range of three hundred miles. You know that that makes for easy marketing when the time comes that Tesla does want to market the car and actually start doing some publicity. But uh, after Elon went out of his way last week to to really downplay the Model 3 in comparison to the S, I now think that if you want a 300-plus mile car, uh, I think you're going to need to get a Model S. I think the 3 is going to top out between... 275 and 290 like it'll be totally fine it'll 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 get the job done you know if you get a 75d because the that d is going to add a little extra range for you but uh i i think that's what we're going to be looking at 275 to you know 290 max i just i think the the 300 is going to be 300 miles of range is going to be reserved for the s that'll be one way that that they're really separated um and and of course I say that you know the performance model the P75D no doubt that'll take a small range hit compared to the 75D just like the performance uh, the P100Ds do now on the SNX but uh, but yeah again I I think even if it is 275 or 290 that's that's going to be plenty of range to get the job done on, on any supercharger powered road trip uh, but but yeah I'm. I've decided I'm, I'm tempering my expectations a bit for that for that top end Model Three. Uh, it just seems to me that that that's where Elon is trying to trying to push us all mentally. Like it's just like just, just everybody like settle down, everybody. All right. Uh, the really only other major news story this week before we get to a, a whole bunch of outstanding phone calls in the Ride the Lightning Hotline talking about all kinds of great subjects is uh, firmware 8.1, the 8.1 software update for the S and the X. It is out, and uh, it brings with it uh, a lot of improvements, particularly if you are a new Tesla owner with a hardware 2-enabled car. You are now almost to feature parity with hardware 1 in the autopilot department, i.e. auto steer works up to 80 miles an hour, summon is activated, uh, parallel park Auto park works. So uh, you've got all those functions back. Not quite everything, though. There are, there are a few other things that still aren't quite there. But uh, Elon uh, mentioning that the Linux kernel update, which I'd mentioned a couple, one or two shows back, uh, to, to really speed up that web browser and, and no doubt make the UI overall a bit zippier, that has been pushed to a future update estimated by Elon to be about six weeks away. So whether that's 8.1 point something or they want to go ahead and call it 8.2, uh, it looks like your current Tesla brow- in-car browser will remain pretty sluggish. <laughs> Let's be honest. It is. If you've ever used it, you know it's, uh, it is not an ideal place to browse the web. Uh, the most fun part of the update, though, whether you own a Tesla or not, I guess it's certainly more fun if you do have one because then you can play with this. But I thought this was pretty cool. There, there was a new Easter egg added via 8.1, and it's a sketch pad. Basically, it's an Etch-a-Sketch type thing on your 17-inch Model S or Model X touchscreen. So to activate it, the, the T logo at the very top of your touchscreen 
just tap that three times. So just give it a quick tap, 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 and then it's going to bring up a sketch pad, and you can, you can sketch whatever you want, you can color it in, uh, and then what's cool is you can actually submit your, your, your art, your, your car art, your model, your, your model S or model X touchscreen art to Tesla. In fact, and Elon, he posted a couple of them, which are on his Twitter feed. One was a color picture of a, of basically it was, I think it was supposed to be a model S being uh, powered by uh, unicorn farts. There was a unicorn with a little toot and a rainbow and then a, a car at the, uh, at the bottom. So I thought that was funny. And then someone else did like a Mona Lisa type black and white sketch on the thing. So uh, I thought that was, that was pretty funny. And, and someone asked, oh, well, will you be able to send them to other Tesla owners? And Elon says uh, that they are, they're working on that. They're considering that. So that could be pretty cool. Send little, little sketch. I guess you can do that now on your, on your iPhone. So why not be able to do it uh, in your car? Right. That'd be kind of fun. If you, if there are multiple Teslas in the family, say you're, you know, your mom's got one. Uh, so, and you know, you, you send her, you send her like a, uh, uh, I love you, mom note, just, you know, out of the blue one morning, she comes to her car in the morning and it, and it pops up. That'd be pretty cool, right? That'd be a nice, nice thing to do. Uh, all other updates, uh, in 8.1, the maps screen, which, uh, if I, I, that I definitely use a lot anytime I'm in a Tesla, uh, it now will show the business hours. If you click on a business, if you tap a business, uh, it'll show their business hours and Google user ratings for that business. So I guess that can be of, of some help if you're maybe looking for a restaurant or something. Uh, furthermore, lumbar and headrest adjustment for the seats. You can now do that. That was not a thing that you could do before. So that's a nice tweak. It's a, you know, cause the, your car's seat is, arguably the maybe second most important chair in your life after after your work that whatever you know your office your work chair so uh some adjustments being possible makes that uh that that's certainly a welcome feature and then here's one that uh that i that that caught my eye because i've talked on the past uh, on the podcast i'm a real big fan of pandora i've got the plus or whatever you call it the five dollar a month subscription so i don't get ads and i can skip as much as i want i've really got my pandora station set to this place where it it just it just oh i love it, it it's always pumping out stuff i like and i've wanted tesla to officially add pandora for a while uh no sign of that but what they have added seems like a sort of a semi-Pandora-like feature. So if you're listening to Slacker or listening to to some other uh, something streaming, you can uh, you can now play a uh, there's a favorites tab basically. Here's the description from from the release notes. Eager to listen to your favorite songs on streaming personal radio. You can now play a streaming station that consists of your favorite songs as well as songs inspired by your favorites. When you rate a song with a thumbs up, it's added to your favorite's radio station. We also use it to tune your listening preferences. So I think that's a really cool Pandora-like step in the right direction for the, uh, the media, for the in-car uh, entertainment, in-car music. So good stuff in 8.1. More coming, of course, in the future 
So there you go. All right, uh, I will be right back. Please hang in this week. We have got a whole bunch of outstanding phone calls covering a wide variety of topics. I'll be right back after this. If you're like me and have a Tesla reservation, you'd probably love the chance to drive one around for more than just the short test drive that you can get from Tesla. Well, I've got a solution for you. Friend of the show, Joe Edgel, actually rents out Model S and Model X Teslas for as long as you'd like. If you happen to be taking a trip to Washington, D.C. or the Baltimore area, or if you want to drive one so badly you're willing to make a special trip, check out Joe's website, emotion.rentals. If you want, Joe will even deliver the car to you at the airport or your hotel. That's E-M-O-T-I-O-N dot rentals. Now back to the show. And you may have noticed the uh, the quick ad right there. Hopefully you don't mind that. It's uh, just a quick, what, 38 seconds or something. It's, uh, you know, it, it's a way to, uh, I, w- I was approached and uh, it's a win-win. Joe gets the word on his business out and uh, I get a little extra money towards my Model 3 fund. So uh, that we're going to be doing that for, for a little while here. So hopefully that's, uh, you find that fairly unintrusive. Let's move on to the Ride the Lightning hotline where, of course... You can call in anytime, react to anything going on in the Tesla world, or ask a question, bring up a discussion topic. The toll-free number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Thank you to lifeonrecord.com for providing the Ride the Lightning hotline, making it nice and easy for you to, to call in. Uh, you, can, you can also, of course, if you like, just record something on your smartphone and then email that file in to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Let's start with Jesse in Dallas, who has a... a this is a call I was not expecting. Uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. He found a set of Tesla Legos out of out of China. So, uh, Jesse, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Jesse from Dallas. Happened to be digging around AliExpress, the Chinese wholesaling website, for unofficial Tesla stuff. And bumped into an interesting one the other day. I found a set of Tesla Legos, which is actually a miniature Tesla store featuring the Tesla logo. Curious. Is this actually based on a real Lego set, or is this just something else I can rack up to interesting Chinese knockoffs? Your thoughts? So if you doubt Jesse, I can assure you this is very real. Jesse even sent me the link to it, and it's there. You can order it. It is a set with other quote, you know, stores, like Lego-type stores, and it's described as such. 2016 uh, Street View Sephora Plot... Sephora Pizza Hut, Tesla Motors, Beer, Bar, KTV, Architecture, Building Bricks Block. No, I I did not screw that up. I got that right. That is what it says. Compatible with Lego's creator. So no doubt a bit of a translation thing going on there for the English-facing website. But uh, yeah, they're they're basically Lego knockoffs. In fact, the, the, the Pizza Hut that's there that you can order and build out of faux Legos. 
Uh, the Pizza Hut logo, it it clearly invokes the Pizza Hut logo, but it, it's it's maybe enough to avoid them being sued because it doesn't have the hut on it. It's just the it's the exact logo, but with the hut removed. But the Tesla T logo that's on the that's on this Lego ish Tesla store is pretty much a straight ripoff of the Tesla T logo. So I don't I I have no idea if this sort of thing is common around the world, like if if these things just exist all over the place, uh and and companies just accept it or or what, but uh or if it's even worth Tesla's time to try and chase these guys down and issue them a cease and desist, but I think they from looking at it, I think they totally would be within their rights to try and to try and uh, shut this thing down. But in other words, it I thought it, it it was just amusing to look at. So thank you, Jesse. That is a that is a great find. Let's go next to our friend Lawton in Chicago, who calls in about the way that Tesla tends to time their product upgrades. Uh, I, I thought this was a uh, you know we've sort of talked about this before, but. He really puts a lot of pieces together and has has a recommendation for anybody that might be in the, the Tesla market. So, Lawton, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. With the recent news that Tesla is discontinuing the 60-kilowatt battery option in mid-April, just after the end of the first quarter of the year, I wanted to comment on how Tesla times its upgrades. Tesla has stated that unlike other car manufacturers, they do not have mile years for their vehicles and instead continuously roll out improvements throughout the calendar year. However, there seems to be a pattern to how they roll out major upgrades. Major upgrades typically are done after the start of a fiscal quarter. This makes sense financially as they increase sales of soon-to-be older models by timing promotions and incentives with the end of quarters. Good examples include how they phased out lifetime long-distance supercharging in the fourth quarter of 2016, as well as the end dates of various referral programs. At the start of the quarter, thus is naturally when they introduced major upgrades such as the P100D around the start of third quarter 2017 and all Pilot 2 hardware at the start of fourth quarter 2017. Given their quarterly upgrade cycle, I anticipate that at their June event, there will be a major refresh of the Model S and X to coincide with the Part 3 of the Model 3 reveal. That way, the SNX will not only have full parity with new Model 3 features, but have the privilege of having them sooner. As a result, if you want to increase your chances of getting the newest Tesla technologies, it may be best to wait to place your order after the start of a fiscal quarter. As always, love the podcast and keep up the great work. Look forward to your thoughts. Well, Lawton, you are correct. Your observation is, is absolutely dead on. Tesla does indeed have a pattern of this behavior at this point. They've done it enough times where it's uh, it, it's pretty established behavior. So, I mean, I, I wonder if, if you still feel the same way about your S, SNX prediction after Elon's Model 3 info dump on Friday because he, he sent his call earlier in the week. But I do agree with you, Lawton, that in general, it's pretty good advice for any prospective Tesla buyer, at least as it stands today with the S and the X, to wait until a new fiscal quarter begins. You know, we just saw that, as again, like Lawton mentioned, with the 100D. I mean, the fact is, you're always going to miss something. You know, Tesla just moves too fast. And and as, as Lawton noted, they don't adhere to the traditional automotive industry 
pattern of, of model years. But uh, you are probably minimizing your risk of missing something significant by ordering early in a quarter. Because then if something comes along a third of the way through the quarter, you've got time to, you can probably adjust your order before your car goes into production. So a lot of good stuff as always from you. Next up, it's another Ryan. It's Rain and Ryan's this week. I like it. Ryan in Flagstaff, Arizona uh, wonders what might happen. I hadn't even thought about this. What might happen to uh, aftermarket parts places like O'Reilly or Pep Boys in an EV dominated future? So Ryan, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan. Ryan and Flagstaff again. Uh, just calling in on my way to work on this lovely snow-capped March morning. Uh, my question is this. So with the advent of electric vehicles and specifically Tesla, if EVs become eventually, I guess it's an eventuality at this point, uh, the dominant form of transportation on the road, what happens to aftermarket parts manufacturers and aftermarket uh, parts resellers like, say, O'Reilly or any of the major audio companies like Kenwood. Do they, like, is our future EVs, do you think they're going to be set up to where people can continue to install their own audio systems? Are those companies going to thin out considerably? I don't know. It's just a thought that was running through my head earlier this week that I'd run it by you. Hope you're having a lovely week. Hope Maggie's doing well. Have a good one. Well, as I said, Ryan, I, I had not even thought about this, but it's interesting that you did be, uh, because it, it's true. I mean, we, we probably are heading for that time. But that being said, I think it's going to take so long for us to reach such a tipping point where ICEs are the, the minority of the number of cars on the road that I just, I don't think companies like an O'Reilly or a Pep Boys or, uh, or any of these guys, I don't think any of them have anything to worry about for the foreseeable future. I mean, when the time comes, they'd better be smarter than say brick and mortar video game retailers are right now, uh, as, as video games go entirely digital. But, uh, you know, the, to address your point, I think I think the Pep Boys and O'Reillys of the world, they're going to need to become EV accessory shops in order to survive and and offer things that they can sell to EV owners, things like seat covers and floor mats, etc. I mean, they sell that stuff now, but but they might have to sort of reinvent themselves and really double down on that stuff. But again, I, I think the day is still pretty far in the future before before we get there. I, I don't think the CEO of Pep Boys is is uh, losing sleep at night, uh, at, at least at this stage. Next up is uh, Jay from Australia. We've heard from him. He thinks that Tesla... Now, it's interesting. He, he has a different perspective, again, and his call was before Elon's tweet storm, but he thinks Tesla should unify the battery packs across all the vehicles. So, Jay, let's hear from you. Hi, Ryan. It's Jay from Canberra, Australia. Obviously, a lot of news on the Model 3 this week. just want to make a comment regarding the the battery size since Elon has uh, has talked about it. I think the uh, 
the future uh, would make sense to me for there to be in total uh, uh, three options uh, from Tesla in general. Uh, a 55 kilowatt hour pack for the Model 3, a 75 kilowatt hour pack for the 3, the S and the X, and a 100 kilowatt hour pack for the S and the X. From a, uh, a manufacturing perspective, they could align that 75 kilowatt hour pack so that it can fit in all three vehicles. You think of the uh, the savings that Tesla would make in terms of uh, the manufacturing side of this, and considering that it's, it shouldn't be too much of a reach for a lot of people to upgrade to the 75 uh, for a Model 3, that that's a very common uh, uh, option that people would choose and obviously the starting point now for the S and the X. So I think that's something really to think about because um, it, it fits in with uh, with Elon's other comments about trying to make this a simple vehicle and uh, all the vertical integration um, going ahead. Keep it up. Cheers. Bye. Well, Jay, I hate to shoot you down, but I don't see this happening, and here's why. Uh, the packs in the cars are all sized so that they're they're skateboards for the cars, which has a significant impact on handling, on weight balance, and safety in the form of the car's structural rigidity. To try and put a narrower Model 3 compatible pack into an S or an X, just I, I feel like, I mean, I'm not an engineer, but I feel like that's not going to work because I feel like it would mess with one of those key dynamics that I just mentioned. I mean, your head is absolutely in the right place as far as thinking efficiently, but it you know it's one thing for the the S and the X to have uh, a 60 and a 75 and a, and a 100 where uh, it's they can they can sort of design for that, but to try and take the narrower Model Three pack and put it into uh, the wider S and X, I, I feel like that's probably not not a uh, a, a sound design or engineering way to go, but I, I'm sure if t- if that is something Tesla can do, they're going to do it because, as you well note, that would total that would absolutely drive down costs for them. So we'll see. Up next, another regular, Mike from Charlottesville. Always good to hear from him. He uh, is curious about Tesla Glass. We haven't heard about Tesla Glass in a little while. Mike, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan, this is Mike from Charlottesville again. So my question for you, um, one thing we haven't heard about in a really long time pertaining to the Model 3 is Tesla glass. Now, I'm not sure if it's just the all-glass roof or more technology than that. So what I'm curious about is when they reveal Model 3, is it possible that they launch uh, Tesla glass across all lines, including the X and the S and the Model 3 simultaneously, and possibly this technology could mean that there could potentially be a HUD or maybe the HUD is built into the actual glass itself. Um, I'm really curious to see what you think about this, um, and I'll talk to you soon. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks. Well, Mike, Elon has said multiple times, but repeated it pretty clearly last week, that the S and the X will always be the technology leaders for Tesla. So if Tesla Glass is packing some cool HUD-related trick it's almost certainly going to come to the three after it hits the S and the X. But I wonder if Tesla glass might just be something as simple as 
Tesla making stronger, cheaper windshields themselves in-house rather than paying a supplier in South America to build and ship the extremely complicated Model X windshields. Because that's, that's exactly the case now. The, I believe if memory serves, it's uh, Peru. I think it's Peru is where the company that, that builds the Model X windshields is located out of. Uh, another mic. We got a mic. Oh, got a Ryan party and a mic party this week. Mike from Boston. He is disappointed in uh, the Model Three revelations over the last week, uh, and he uh, he he he's let's, well. Let's just hear why and how he's worried and what he's going to do about it. Because I suspect maybe you know a number of you could be uh, feeling the same way as Mike is. So, Mike, take it away. Hey Ryan, it's Mike from Boston. Just listened to the most recent episode. Uh, I had actually read the information before I got to listen to your episode and was uh, highly disappointed. Uh, I was a first day model reservation, uh, model three reservation holder, excuse me. Uh, and I had planned on the all wheel drive option just because of my geography. Um, and thinking that it would be a better option in the snow we have here in the New England area. Um, so I, and I'm currently driving an Audi that has 185,000 miles on it. I'm waiting patiently um, for my Model 3 to come about before this car dies. Uh, that being said, I got a nice email from Tesla um, saying, hey, we see that you have a Model 3 reservation, and given the current news, what about looking at a Model S? Do you want to do a test drive? Which I thought was pretty interesting, talking about anti-selling uh, the Model 3. Um, I had driven an S previously, and a Roadster, like yourself, uh, fantastic cars. I've been a fan of Tesla since the very beginning. Uh, and a fan of your podcast since the very beginning. It's fantastic. Thank you for the information. Um, not only am I devastated about having to wait longer for my car, but also I think there's a very real possibility of losing the tax incentive uh, for the car just because of the numbers involved and the fact that I'm on the East Coast. So it's a lose-lose situation for me. Um, I don't really know what I'm going to do at this point. I think I might actually um, start looking at other electric or hybrid, um, you know, alternatives, especially if my current car, um, you know, gets up in the 200, 210,000 range. So uh, anyway, thanks for what you do. Sorry about the long message and uh, peace. I understand, Mike. I really do. I mean, I, personally, as you guys heard me, in fact, a few of you tweeted or wrote me that you thought you could hear the disappointment, uh, disappointment in my voice when I uh, was, was talking about how the all-wheel drive and performance versions won't be available at launch. But, I mean, I, I'm bummed about it because I want it. I've been planning for that, at, well, at least for the dual motor. I and mean, I don't know about you know performance. I don't know if I'll be able to afford it. That remains to be seen, but... Um, you know, I want it be, and the, the big reason I want it is because I've driven a model S with it 
and without it. And it's, it's just an enormous difference. I mean, not, that's not to speak ill of a rear wheel drive Model S, not at all. But I mean, there is, there was a very tangible difference between the two. And I just, to me, that upgrade, which is going to, you know, that's going to be a less than $5,000 upgrade because Elon had said last year that the uh, dual motor option in the three would cost less than it does in the S. And it's a $5,000 option in, uh, in Model S. So for me, that's, I have prioritized that. I, you know, I, 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 that handling uh, is so much better, in my opinion. You get a little extra range out of it for your money, and you get extra performance out of it. So those three things, it's a priority for me, uh, so I'm going to wait. I mean, I've waited this long. <laughs> I've, I've waited this long, so I can wait a bit longer. Uh, and, and I'm also fortunate enough to be in a position where my car, which actually I'm recording in this week, I'm sitting down in my car now in the garage. Uh, I my car doesn't have nearly as many miles on it as yours. I've got about half as many miles, ninety something thousand miles on my car. So I totally get that. You know, you're you're in a much more critical car situation. So I, I really hope that Tesla can get the the dual motor Model Threes spun up sooner rather than later. But it does look like, I mean, if, for those of you in the Midwest, the East Coast, those winter winter locations, uh, those of you who are in those places holding out for all-wheel drive, I, I would expect, you know, be pleasantly surprised if if your Tesla, if your all-wheel drive Tesla is is ready and gets to and gets in your hands. But I would prepare yourself to have to do one more winter in your existing car. Uh, meaning, meaning, you know, we've just finished a winter, so one more, I think, uh, is is the reasonable expectation right now. Okay, let's see, one more call this week. Again, we got a number of excellent calls. Greg from Connecticut, another another uh, Northeast guy. He says that he uh, doesn't think that this this all-wheel drive delay is really even going to affect East Coast folks. So I'm going to let him explain why. Uh, Take it away, Greg from Connecticut. Hi, Ryan. This is Greg from Connecticut. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I appreciate the show, and thanks for all that you do. I wanted to make three quick points in regards to all of the Model 3 information that was released by Elon on Twitter last week. Uh, The first point is in regards to all-wheel drive. So as a day one reservation holder in New New England, I think that the delay in all-wheel drive six to, month, six to nine months down the road is, is likely to have little impact on our, our reservations for, for folks here in New England. I think by the time that we get a call to configure, the all-wheel drive option will be available. Even if they hit their production target goals of somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty to 80,000 cars, I think all of the cars built in 2017 are destined for California to their employees and into day one reservation holders in the state, such as yourself. Obviously, the the maybe not the want, but the need for all wheel drive is is clearly less on the West Coast and in a place like California. And I think that they'll be ready to implement all wheel drive by the time they start moving east into places like the Midwest and the Northeast. So for someone like myself, I think there's there's probably 
uh, limited uh, impact on our on our um, reservation or how we want to configure the car uh, by the time it gets to the East Coast. The second point is in regards to the uh, performance model. I think this is simply a marketing play here by Tesla. I think if they wanted to release a performance version, even, even if it was rear-wheel rear drive, I think that they could uh, at launch. I think what they'll do is use this as a demand lever in the future. So when they burn through a half to three-quarters of their reservation log, I think they'll they'll implement a performance version it may be it might co may coincide with the all-wheel drive version uh, and they'll use that to generate new demand as they uh, burn through the end of the backlog the last uh, part I wanted to mention was in regards to the infamous heads-up display so I had a thought that I haven't seen uh, many people reiterate when you look at the question on Twitter you, um, the person asked, you know, is there any new customer facing technology that has yet to be seen on Model S and X? And everyone focuses on the answer where Elon says, no new customer facing technology. But nobody's focusing on the part that said that has yet to be implemented on Model S and X. So, my little conspiracy theory, if you will, is that. The Part 3 of the Model 3 reveal was not delayed due to any production or schedule slip with Model 3 or the implementation of a HUD in Model 3. It was delayed due, the, due to the implementation of a HUD for Model S and X on their production lines. And therefore, he could obviously not debut something in the Model 3 that you know the Model S and X won't see first. So that's why I think he pushed it to, to July. Now... I do believe that there's limited chance that we're going to see that as part of the final reveal, but I do think we will certainly see a heads-up display in a Model 3 a year from now or two years from now when they want to, again, another demand lever to, to keep the uh, technology improvements going for Model 3. Uh, I think we'll eventually we'll see that you know from the hires that they they made at Tesla from a, a couple augmented reality companies the new Porsche interior designer etc. I think the writing's on the wall. Unfortunately, we just won't see it at launch. So, those are my thoughts uh, on the on the recent news. Thanks for all that you do. I appreciate the show and, and take care, Ryan. Well, Greg, interesting thoughts there. I you know I mentioned it earlier in this show. I do agree that we might get a HUD sometime down the road. Um, I, I do think that's entirely possible, but I respectfully disagree with you about the performance model being held back as a demand lever that Tesla can pull later. And here's why. Here's why I don't quite—I'm uh, not quite with you on that one. Because Tesla has at least 400 something thousand orders to fill. Therefore, demand is really not a problem, and it won't be for some time, especially when you consider the fact that Tesla hasn't done an ounce of marketing for the car yet. Uh, also, the performance models are, they usually, uh, I don't have numbers in front of me, but I, I feel like I've read this in the past, that they don't actually make up a huge percentage of the cars sold. Like, I think with the Model S, when I, the, the statistics I, I feel like are just floating in my brain somewhere. Like, the majority of Model S's were just plain old 85-kilowatt-hour cars. And then I, th I, I don't know, for, for some reason, I want to say that the, the performance models are like 10% of the cars made, something like that. Def, definitely don't quote me on that. But uh, in any case, I will say this. If I, if I were to subscribe to a conspiracy theory of sorts, the one that seems most plausible to me that I've seen around, I, I certainly 
uh, did not come up with this one, is that maybe a supplier, a Model 3 supplier, missed a deadline or just something happened. Something happened where the plan went sideways where the dual motor and performance and thus performance cars as well were supposed to be available at launch because again you know you go back to Elon's tweet from a year ago uh and it's uh he had said the highest spec cars would be delivered first now he wasn't technically lying necessarily because it's or or well he certainly wasn't li- like actively lying but you could also interpret it to mean uh, that he meant, well, the, the highest spec of whatever they offer first will be delivered first. But in any case, um, when when that happened, it, it, or if we're going with this conspiracy theory that something went wrong, where and that's why the, the dual motor and, and or performance cars aren't available at launch, if we're going along with that... Uh, you could say, I mean, then, then at least, you know, Tesla can use that to their advantage to not only try to push people who were looking at higher spec threes over to the S, but they, uh, the, the sort of cherry on that Sunday is that they can, uh, they can also avoid the, the, the bit of bad press that they got with the model X launch where there were some people in the media who were saying Tesla launches their new $150,000 SUV. And they said that because the only X's coming off the line in the beginning were the fully loaded $150,000 signature, fully, you know, performance cars. So uh, now whether you want, uh, or rather whether either of of those theories, yours or the one that I uh, just, just repeated, whether either of them has any shred of truth doesn't necessarily matter in the end, I suppose. It, things are what they are, but it's fun to think about. All right. Thank you all for the fantastic calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Again, keep them coming. It's a toll-free number, 1-888-989-8752, or record something on your phone and email it to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. I love the Ride the Lightning Hotline part of the show. Again, I just think it adds so much to this, uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. So keep those calls coming, uh, and I'll be right back to wrap things up for you right after this. All right, if you are in the market for an S or an X, get yourself $1,000 off by using this referral code. It's a short link. You type it into your browser, and uh, it'll guide you from there. ts.la slash Jeff2311. That's Jeff spelled J-E-F-F. Follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can uh, or email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. Check out Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. You can sign up for that at teslaweekly.com. Get that weekly drop of uh, Tesla Roundup. Uh, Let's see, Abstract Ocean, if you're buying any Tesla stuff, Tesla accessories for you or your car, visit abstractocean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout. That's all one word, RTLPODCAST. Use that code at checkout and you'll get 20% off of your order there. And let's see here. Most of you subscribe to the podcast. That's the easy way to to get it delivered right to you. That's what I recommend. So subscribe on 
pretty much all the major podcast services, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or if you're an RSS person, grab the RSS feed at teslapodcast.libsyn.com. Uh, I want to thank the Patreon producers. These are the kind folks that support my efforts here on Patreon at the $20 or higher level. Uh, if you'd like to consider a pledge, consider uh, supporting me, you can go to patreon.com slash teslapodcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And those Patreon producers are Jeff Bartram, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Jonathan Wales, John Waltauer, Scott Gillis, Michael Lucas, Alexi Heft, David Kittle, Lisa Kaz, Michael Opre, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, John E. Ford, Robert Maracle, and Kyle Stover. Thank you all so much for tuning into the 87th edition of Ride the Lightning. It is the unofficial Tesla podcast. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, and I'll see you all back here next week.